Hi, this is James Mercer from The Shins. This is Shirley Manson. This is Lowe Tolhurst, co-founder of The Cure. This is Huey Lewis giving you the story behind the song. The story behind the song is back with an exciting second season. We peel back the layers on music's most iconic hits with legendary artists like The Killers, Heart, The B-52s, Violent Femmes, Jewel, Huey Lewis, Modern English, and more. To keep the music flowing, we'll be sprinkling in classic episodes from our archives between each new one. So check out the story behind the song wherever you get your podcast. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hello! Welcome to the Spark Parade, where I talk with artists about the work that has inspired them to spark inspiration in you. I'm Adam Unz at Spark Parade on all social media. Thanks so much for joining me. It's so good to be back. How was your summer? I've spent the summer working in my secret lab to make this show even better than before. Can you believe that's even possible? It's nuts, right? This show was perfect before, but now it's going to be even perfecter. Which brings me to a classic good news, bad news situation. Ooh, the tension mounts. The good news is that I've got a great episode for you today featuring my conversation with lawyer, podcaster, and creative Raifa Rafiq about a couple of incredible novels written by black women, Tayari Jones's An American Marriage and Bernadine Evaristo's Girl, Woman, Other. Raifa is incredible and it was really fun and insightful chat, if I do say so myself. Now, the bad news. After this episode, I'm going back into my lab to put the finishing touches on the next season of episodes, but don't despair. The show will be relaunching in a few weeks with a revamped concept and some absolutely incredible guests, so it'll all work out, I promise. In the meantime, I want to hear from you. This is a show about the artworks that inspire us, and I want you to tell me about the artwork that's inspired you this year. It can be anything, a book, a movie, whatever. So start sending me your stories and I might just put them in a future episode. You can send an email to info at thesparkparade.com or record a voice note and email that if you want to get the chance to hear your gorgeous voice on this podcast. Or you can leave your art inspiration story in a review of The Spark Parade on your favorite podcast platform. A five-star review, obviously. Anyway, I'm really looking forward to hearing from you soon. So send that story to me as soon as you're done with this episode. But for now, a few little fun facts about today's cast of characters. Raifa Rafiq is a lawyer and award-winning podcast host. She hosts the art and pop culture podcast, This Thing Changed My Life. She's also written pieces for ID and Stylist Magazines, as well as The Guardian, among others. Very impressive, right? Little warning, our conversation is positively riddled with spoilers for both of the books we discussed, so either read the books first or shrug your little shoulders and say, I love spoilers. And which books are those? Tyari Jones's American Marriage is the story of a middle-class black couple, Ray and Celestial, whose lives are torn apart when Ray is wrongly convicted of a rape he didn't commit. President Obama put it on his list of favorite books from last year, so 
Come on. And then Bernadine Evaristo's Girl, Woman, Other, which follows the lives of 12 principal characters who are mostly black women over the course of several decades, mostly in the UK. Evaristo won the Booker Prize for that novel, and it also has President Obama's recommendation. That's two for two from President Obama. So there you go. Lots to dive into. I'll be back with some bits and pieces at the end. But right now, here comes my chat with Raifa Rafiq about an American marriage and girl, woman, other. Why don't we start with an American marriage? Do you remember, did somebody turn you on to that book? Or um, I think it was kind of everywhere. So um, with An American Marriage by Tiari Jones, first I had heard of it was when it was actually um, nominated for the Women's Prize for Fiction in 2019, which it actually won. And the reason why I remember is because I was actually invited to that ceremony, but I was stuck at work um, up until the evening. And I was just super, super annoyed at work that I couldn't make this ceremony. And obviously they announced that she won. I saw pictures and stuff, so that was quite nice. But I really wanted to have been there. And I actually, I didn't really um, read it for a while, actually, up until this year, where um, I've been seeing it a lot on Instagram. Um, I had a few friends and a few mutual acquaintances and mutual followers that had been posting this book up. And then finally, I was on a call with a friend of mine who was like, oh my God, have you read An American Marriage? And I said, oh my God, I literally have seen it everywhere, but I actually haven't read it. She's like, you absolutely have to. It's amazing. And literally, I didn't waste any time, ordered it straight away. And this was um, during, obviously, the pandemic. So this was the time when Amazon weren't really sending out books quickly so I couldn't just receive it the next day so I actually had to wait a while for it and I was like oh my god Amazon has absolutely spoiled me with deliveries but now waiting three days is (laughs) really making me anxious yeah and I finally got it and I read it and just blew my mind with the storytelling yeah um I had I mean, the the other book that we're going to talk about, um, Girl, Woman, Other, I was trying to download that onto my Kindle and mm. they, it was saying it wasn't available. I was like, this isn't even something that needs to be d- delivered physically. What are you talking about? <laughs> <sighs> um, yeah, how can the pandemic affect Audible? <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. So um, yeah, I feel your yeah. pain, yeah. Um, yeah, I think the story is so obviously relevant to everything that's going on right now in the world and the history of mass incarceration in this country and just racial profiling and how those things can completely devastate people's lives and the yeah. the, the way that one moment can completely change the lives of so many people and their families and ripples of that reverberate mm-hmm. out and um, just cause all of this pain and destruction from a a decision, you know, a mistake that people with authority make. Absolutely. And for me, it was, I think what was so fascinating and and why Tiari is such an amazing storyteller for me was when I read it, it's actually, they they don't actually mention, you know, the state of Louisiana or they don't make the point of this book. The conviction. The point of this book is the the domestic relationships between the couple Celestial and Roy. Um, she made this book about the ins and outs of an actual relationship and how maybe something that is outside of that, something uncontrollable, like a young white woman telling you know the authorities, "Hey, this 
black man did this thing to me and no matter the evidence found and and even if he you know when Roy gets released and you'd think people will be jumping for joy but the mere fact that something outside out of their control had such an explosive effect on their lives it almost provided a sort of domino effect I just remember reading the last page both Celestial and Roy are at different points of their life at very almost on different poles they exist completely differently and all of that was because of one decision um, a decision that they couldn't help in a way. And, and you'd think that you have so much control of, of your life, right? And I think that's what this kind of exposed to me is how the systematic and, and structures within government, how they really affect the domestic home and how they affect relationships, no matter how much you think you have such a, how much authority you have such in your sort of domestic life and the relationships that you have. But how are those relationships determined by the laws? How are those relationships determined by the social political ideas and ideologies in the society that you live in and she did this so perfectly because none of that was really mentioned it was just about the drama which mm-hmm. i love yeah and having all of those socio-political issues as a backdrop and it's like yeah. you know the the catalyst for the events that happen in in the novel but it, the focus really is on these two people and their immediate circle of family and friends and um yeah you know, how how they deal with this terrible, terrible injustice, you know, eroding their relationship and affecting their relationships with other people. It's quite fascinating because it's also, I mean, there was that relationship between Celestial and Roy, that marriage and, and, and sort of seeing how that marriage broke down. But also when we talk about convictions and we talk about incarceration of men, what was quite fascinating to see about this book was Tiari did it in a way where it wasn't just about a romantic relationship. Roy meets his biological father in prison, a father that he never knew of. He just thought that his dad abandoned him. And within the book, there are so many men who don't have father figures. And I can remembering a part where Celestial decided to get rid of a child because she did not want that child to grow up without a father whilst Roy was in prison and many women don't have that luxury sometimes you know you go into jail with children outside so it's all about how that system the prison system the racial politics how that affects the family outside of relationships affects the father and sons daughters and fathers your relationship with your mother and Roy's mother obviously passed away whilst he was in prison sorry loads of spoilers by the way (laughs) (laughs) whoever is listening so yeah it really was hard but the thing is when I was reading it I was like oh god this is juicy you know it was Mm. to me like so up and down it I think what makes Tiari such an amazing writer is she doesn't really focus on these outside things that are root that root these characters within the novel she focuses on feeling she focuses on love and she focuses on loss and we 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 look at these emotions as such subjective things but really they are all completely controlled by the outside world yeah and I think that is the really uh, one of the really skillful things about her writing is that the relationship really is the core of it. It's really about how yeah. you know the on a, a very small microcosmic level, 
these these two people, the journey of their relationship, as it could be with any two people and any obstacles that come into the, the relationship. But the specifics of why they had obstacles in their relationship are are all about these bigger, broader themes of racial politics, of the history of racism in the States, um, mm. the the overreach of police racist policing and it's dealt with with such sensitivity and subtlety that it doesn't feel like those things overwhelm the central story which is really just right. a love story yeah and i think what was quite interesting was um when roy was kind of when the decision to kind of revoke his sentence came about you know tiara did it in such a beautiful way where it's like oh you know it was just that the whim of the, the judge that they got that day who decided to, you know, free this man. And it's, she put that subtlety within the decisions of, you know, people in government about how they can destroy or make or, you know, provide anything to, to people. And we don't, like, they don't see the magnitude of it, but it was at the whim of this judge to put him in prison. And it was at the whim of this other one to just get him out. And it's, and it's, that to me was such perfect display of privilege because you know that wasn't afforded to black america and it's not black america that is in the projects or black americans living in poverty these were what i would call middle class african americans who have good jobs and who are living the american dream as it were or definitely rising up especially with celestial whose father was a millionaire so mm -hmm. it just goes to show that actually when it comes to the question of race and and class, sometimes one outweighs the other. And sometimes the American dream is not for everybody because you might promise it and it might look promising, but there is still that layer of privilege that says actually that can be taken away from you at any moment, no matter yeah. how, you know, how much you try to, to get that dream. So that was quite um, interesting, really, to see that she chose characters who were for all intents and purposes thriving you know yeah and i think yeah that that is uh, a huge thing that was kind of swirling around in my brain reading it mm. as well is the random application of justice or injustice and the huge variety of factors that come into how those decisions are made and also showing that it varies from state to state. You know, they make a point of saying if this had happened in Atlanta, there are no guarantees that the same outcome wouldn't have occurred. But being in a state like Louisiana, which is has one of the worst records for racist police, for um, judges handing down totally unfair um, verdicts that have nothing to do with facts and putting black right. people in particular black men in prison with absolute reckless abandon and kind of showing that you know the uh this country as a whole is racist this country as a whole has a problem with um has massive problems with mass incarceration of black people especially black men but that still yeah. within that system that application that those miscarriages of justice vary in severity and you know, from state to state, the amount of mm. access to the hope of justice that you can get is wildly different. Yeah. And I think for this also, it was quite, as you said, you know, at the crux of it, it really was just a love story. And for me, I haven't for a long time read a love story between a black couple that 
really, you know, in such a beautiful way describe their love. So with, I mean, I think Tayar is an absolute genius when it comes to storytelling because so there's there's quite a lot of, um, you know, in the sort of black literary sphere, there's always talk on, we're tired of the black struggle novel that talks about slavery and talks about our oppression, you know? But at the same time, we understand that these novels are needed to ensure that people understand what is going, what uh, black people are going through without this, you know, the fancy layer of, you know, fantasy or, uh, you know, fiction. And in the other breath, you're like, actually, I just want to read a story for once that doesn't show black people undergoing some sort of struggle. Mm-hmm. I want a love story. I want something light. But, you know, I, I called it a broth. This book was like a, a really great soup because it had all of those ingredients. Um, it did give you a love story that was seeped in drama and affection and intimacy. And, you know, these characters aren't without their faults, even Roy, who I think is amazing. But at the same time, there is that backdrop of those hard facts of of society and systematic racism and so it all came together to form this <laughs> really great soup because you've got that love story that you want that you want to hold on to and be entertained you've got the phenomenal writing but then you also got the subtle not subtle with regards to what it did to the characters but definitely subtle in the way that it was written with regard with regard to sort of how the system really how the state affects the home with regard to injustice so oh, i thought it was amazing <laughs> yeah yeah and another thing that i found really striking is sometimes with novels i find that there are writers who have trouble with distinguishing the individual personalities of their characters and that all of the characters are kind of variations on a theme probably versions of the author themselves or, themself <laughs> yeah. or, or whatever um but in this book one of the things that really struck me was that the the personalities of the characters are so well defined and you feel they feel like real people and you really get time with each of the characters and really get to know and understand them. And it's also a book yeah. that it's like, it's it's quite a limited number of characters. So there really is room for you to sit with them and to, to really feel like you know them. Yeah, so it's um, in letter format and you have obviously Roy and Celestial who you really get to know and then there's Andre who's, who, so yeah, it essentially is three different characters. And also some some of the other stuff that's kind of universal domestic stuff about the relationships between children and their parents and relationships between sons-in-laws and daughters-in-laws with their in-laws um all of that stuff felt very real to me too yeah i think there was um there was a scene in it where celestial goes back home i don't know i don't know if it's thanksgiving or christmas but um and they have a dinner and it's awkward and these people are talking and she paints that really well because it does seem like a family in really just having a meal together. And I love that, you know, she made PR um, Celestial not get along with her mother-in-law and how that plays out with regards to her relationship with her husband. So it does, it literally feels like Tayari has lived this experience because she wrote it so well and you can really attach yourself to the characters and I do think the letter format really helps in that because you know when you're writing a letter you do pour everything in yeah and it felt like that letter writing in and of itself is kind of a not a dying art but it's you know the way that we communicate with each other has changed so much that it felt so yeah no we're all just tweeting or like texting 
texting and whatsapping mm, yeah in so, short outbursts we don't really you know do a whole narrative to somebody yeah and i think that that felt like this kind of nostalgic thing this almost relic of the past to me as somebody who is not communicating with somebody who's incarcerated um mm-hmm. and thinking about that being the the primary means of communication between the two of them and really having to take the time to pour their hearts out to each other on the page or in an email or whatever because they can't text each other they they don't have yeah. access to each other like, I, even the whole book really gives you that letter feel of well i remember when i was reading and something happened i would like look forward to the time when i can spend to read the book so it really kind of brought back those feelings of really being excited to hear from somebody i don't even think i've ever written a letter outside of something maybe to complain to my landlord but even then, yeah, I don't think I've like written a letter outside of work yeah. <laughs> um, to someone. So yeah, I never really had like a pen pal at school. I know like some schools do that where you get to write somebody in a different country. Uh, yeah, the only letters I write are long text messages ranting yeah. about something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yep, I'm the same. In the interest of time, we should uh, maybe move along to the other book, which is Girl, Woman, Other. With that one, I assume it's kind of the same deal. Like it's another book that has kind of been everywhere and has gotten a lot of attention because it won the Booker Prize. But do do you remember becoming aware of it? So I was aware of this book the whole of last year, but I actually didn't read it. So I judged the, um, as you can tell, it's becoming a thing. I only <laughs> read the books I'm judging or, or like on some sort of list so I can just get through them. But um, I was judging a prize that is not, has not been revealed yet actually. So I probably can't say what it is, but this book has been nominated and that's fine because I, you know, that's, public knowledge and that's how I read this book this was after the Booker Prize this this year and I read it and I had heard of it there was a bit of controversy because it you know it won the Booker alongside the Testament by Margaret Atwood and mm-hmm. um, so I really was excited to get my hands on it to read it and I absolutely fell in love essentially Girl and Other, you know, is um, a book by Bernadine Evaristo, kind of centers and follows the lives of 12 women in sort of the course of a few decades who live in the United Kingdom. And it was just amazing because it really, for me, captured Black British womanhood and even touches on sexuality and, and queer identity. And, you know, it touched on women from you know that have come from maybe the Af- um, Africa or um, there's a woman in the book who I think came from Nigeria her name is Bumi and she she was one of my favorites because it really captured her story from Nigeria what it was like to move from Nigeria to England um, with her husband and the changing lives of first-generation immigrants with their children. She was all about survival and in terms of surviving in Britain to make her life better for her child. She ends up having a child, Carol, who's also undergoing different societal pressures, not essentially being um, an immigrant that wasn't born in England, but balancing two cultures, the culture of your parents 
with the culture that you live and breathe, which I really related with because I'm from Zanzibar, Tanzania, and I have had to deal with that. So it felt so amazing being seen. And then you just have all sorts of characters, characters who are arty. So, you know, the chapters of Amma, Yaz and Dominique in the first chapter talk about women who have been in Britain for a very long time, black women in Britain within the arts, you know, trying to, you know, getting inside the establishment of um, the creative industries within Britain, but also being the outsiders. And what happens when the, uh, the system brings you in? How do you come in with your revolutionary ideas? Do you become part of the structure or do you show the world something different? And then what I also loved was the history. So you had older women like Hattie a few decades before, what it was like for this mixed race woman essentially living in Britain during that time. And her progeny basically are like these white women who have color, as it were, or blackness within them. So it was just literally a myriad of women who are just so different, but they all come together. And what's great about this is in the last chapter called The After Party, some of these women all come together and you kind of see their interactions. But by then, you know them so well. And, you, you know, even though every person gets a chapter and maybe like 50 pages, you get to know these women so well and for me I think what it did was it blew up what it was to be girl what it was to be woman what it was to be other because there are some women girl others or should I say others in this book who are understanding their gender identity and going through that understanding of actually I don't feel like a girl and I don't feel like a woman so where am I in this intersection and the relationships they have with their parents and how that generation deals with it. This sort of queer, other woman identity all mashed up into one. So I think for me, what it did was blow up the definition of what it is to exist as a girl, woman, other within 21st century Britain. Mm. It was just wildly amazing. (laughs) And also one thing that I love was um, her style of writing because punctuation I think she removed a bit of that but it was written almost in a stream of consciousness way but the stream of consciousness made sense it wasn't crazy like I don't know, like midnight children I think that's written in a stream of consciousness it is exactly how you maybe talk to yourself in your head mm. but mm-hmm. there is a rhythm to it where she wrote it in such a way that I think was really intuitive and different and as soon as you got into the rhythm that was it you were just rolling yeah and it really kind of straddles the line between prose and poetry yeah Um, yeah a lot of emotional when I first started reading it I because I couldn't Mm -hmm. get it on um, Amazon I uh, I got it as a an ebook from the library and sometimes when that's Uh. happened the text has been messed up there's been like something you know the file is a bit corrupt or something so um the way that the the file loads onto my kindle isn't the way that it's supposed to appear (laughs) in the book so when i started reading it i thought something like that was happening to it because it was like you know little snatches of conversation or just uh individual lines and separating character names out from the main body of the paragraph that kind of stuff but you know once i realized that it was intentional it's like um, (laughs) it really helps to kind of guide you through the story as well um that there are these you know chunky points where it's a bit more dense storytelling and then there's points where it's kind of imagery or just like a feeling of what's happening yeah 
Yeah. I've literally like my copy just has so many notes and like um, dog ears because I've just been like, oh, that sounds really great. Oh, that's amazing. I think it must have been terribly hard to write it or maybe easy. Who knows? I, I know mm. I would have struggled. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And it's it's another book that has both an enormous scope, you know, going uh, all over the world, multiple continents, so many broad issues of race, um, the differences between being a black person in the US and being a black person in Britain and being a black person in mm-hmm. Africa, all yeah. of those things that are just like these huge mind-bogglingly difficult issues to um, fit into a novel but because she's based all of it around quite a small group of people who are Mm. you know there's a lot of characters but they're all slightly interlinked there's like there's a a feeling of community there as well because it feels like all these people or they do have all of these uh, small sometimes indirect sometimes quite direct connections to each other and like you said that last chapter really brings it together and makes you feel like the sweeping like gigantic narrative that goes to so many different places actually at its heart is this story that's just about this like group of people and their lives and the connections that they have to each other and that was uh really really amazing to have like both of those feelings of this like expansiveness but also this sort of small community feeling as well yeah and i also quite enjoyed the fact that even within their characters the relationships that were most explored in the narrative is the relationships with other women so even though, for example, there is Amma and the big relationship that she has is the relationship she has with her best friend, Dominique, who is in a relationship with a woman that moves to the States and so she goes with her. And then there's Yaz, who's sort of the generation, generation Z and the big relationships that she has are with her girlfriends who are in university with her. And that theme trickles down throughout the book because it's always, it's the character that is at play, but it's the character in relation to another woman. And so it was a book that was all woman for me. And when I got to chapter five, which is the after party, and men started playing a bigger part, I was like, what is going on here? <laughs> um, it really was just a phenomenal body of work to really get to grips with womanhood, otherhood, girlhood, and what that what that means within, what that means between each other. Um, and it did make me, it provided more, I guess, sympathy with other women. I remember talking to a friend of mine and I said, you know, since reading this book, every time I'm approached by a woman, I allow her to fill the space because I genuinely don't know this woman and she has a whole history. Um, and so she's not just a name or a person that I just meet. She's she is a whole world in of herself. And it's made me kind of really open my arms even wider to what every woman in my life has to offer and, 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 and the identity that they hold. So I do think that it's made me even more sympathetic to, to my own gender. And having each woman has her own experience, each woman has her own background, and having mm. those small or whatever size the connection is having connections between those people and some of them hate each other (laughs) some of them (laughs) are you know uh, lovers or best friends Mm. and showing that there's this like enormous 
breadth and depth to the idea of womanhood or to the complexities of gender, of race, of all of those different things. And again, throwing all of these really weighty themes in, but just at its heart in the same way with an American marriage, it's a story about humanity, about relationships and about how each individual person's story shapes them and shapes the world around them and shapes the people that they know. Yeah. And it did made me look at women very differently because I remember there was a chapter on Winsome, who is the mother of Shirley and spoiler, but she, (laughs) Winsome is, I guess, an older woman and she ends up having an affair with her daughter's husband. And I just remember literally screaming like, shut up in my house (laughs) um so it's wildly entertaining but it really made me look at the women in my life very like "Hmm, i wonder what secrets you're holding inside and you know even there was a character of bumi who is the nigerian woman who's come from nigeria and trying to provide a better life for her child she ends up having a relationship with another woman in church and you know the elder african woman identity i would say can be something like very homophobic so it really challenged those ideas of these women you think you know will be vehemently against queer identity and queerness and and homosexuality but actually you don't know what's happening behind the scenes so it was so as i said it really made me open up even more space to the identity of woman of other and look at the the women I have in my life with, you know, and even the women that enter my life with more sympathy, um, more love and affection and more depth in that, you know, these women are like paperweights. They really just hold things down. And that uh, that idea of secrets as well, this interior life mm. um, and the things that people share with the people that they love and who love them and the things that they don't, the secret of... <laughs> having an affair with your daughter's husband, the secret <laughs> of Shirley, who is uh, such close friends with Ama through her life, but really yeah. does not approve of gayness. Yeah, it's so and, homophobic, yeah. Um, and just has that kind of lingering... And then you have the... She gets a bit happy or... Right, um, right. Who has a child. I, think, I don't know if it's Hattie or Grace, but yeah, they're there's you know finding out who your mother is and yeah there's loads of secrets loads of um drama and entertainment and so i think that made it quite interesting but yeah but i think both novels are god they can all be filmed really yeah, <laughs> this, yeah, they have yeah. so much going into them but also you know the writing in both is exceptional the politics in the way the politics merges with the personal you know it does it so well because it both books could could really have been a sort of tell but not show books so i'm telling you that you know women in britain are treated in this manner but you know i'm telling you that the prison system in america is racist and you know awful but both of them were like actually no we'll show you through Mm -hmm. characterization through story arc and um, relationships and and feeling how the politics affects the personal so i think that was absolutely phenomenal and and with star woman other it was so amazing seeing women in different generations because it how is maybe activism because there there is a sort of idea of activism within this book what it feels like fighting for who you are in a world that maybe doesn't accept you and so these women do so in very different ways 
you know, some are radical, some do it in a very small way domestically. It's quite interesting to see how Generation Z do it with a sort of entitlement that we get mm. from Yaz. That was quite, quite fun, actually, to see and quite interesting to see how activism and, and strategy within activism changes with the different um, identities of women. And uh, all, all of those, th- there's no judgment of the way that yeah. the characters express themselves, the way that they live them, their lives. And there's class divides between them. There's a uh, generational divide, um, the divide between urban and rural life, yeah. um, the north and south of England, all of those mm. things that come into play. But each character is kind of given an, an equal opportunity to express themselves and to have their story told. Absolutely. Amazing. Oh, now I want to go back and read both of them again. <laughs> now I'm like, uh, oh, wow, I really enjoyed these books. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, that feels like a lovely place to, uh, to finish. <laughs> if people listening to this want to find out more about what you've going on or your, uh, find out where to listen to your new podcast, um, what is Yay. the best place to do that? Uh, is that social media? Yeah. So basically I will be on social media on Twitter. It's this thing pod. The podcast is called this thing changed my life. It will be just talking to authors, writers, people in the entertainment industry, whether it's I've got a few conversations I have with people in theatre and music about three things that they have changed their lives. And initially I was like, it's going to be the books, the films, the piece of music. I've had things from like, oh, you know, football really changed my life. And I'm like, what? Really? (laughs) (laughs) One person was like, having asthma really changed my life. And I was like, okay, let's explore that. But yeah, it's just talking to heroes, what I call, I call them, I call them heroes about their life and what changed their life. You can just find me on Twitter at Rayforafeek. Literally, I'm the same. I'm so happy that my my name is a bit um, odd. Because that means I always get my handle everywhere. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I have. Uh, I don't use my name as my handle on social media, but my surname is Unz, and it's a ah. surname that nobody ever has. So I'm, I'm the same. I'm always <laughs> whenever I want to like get an email address or anything, it's like, yep, it's available. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, it really helps. <laughs> yes. So yep. thank you so much. This was so much fun. Um, this was such a great conversation. Thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed myself. And now I want to go back and read these two books again. <laughs> yes, yes. All right. Take care. Thank you. Bye. 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 Thanks again to Raifa. That was such an enjoyable chat. Check out her podcast too. Okay. One little spark of inspiration from me this week. Van Jess have just released a single called Come Over. If you haven't heard of them, they're a Nigerian R&B duo who are also sisters. This song is just so lovely and soothing and sweet, and the video is super cute and kind of disco-y. It's the perfect antidote for all of the craziness in the world right now. Give it a little listen if you want to make your day a bit brighter. And that's all she wrote, folks. I'm going back on pause for a little bit back into the kitchen to cook up some other amazing episodes for you. I've got some great guests lined up, as I said before. Some exciting changes coming to the show, not anything major. Don't freak out. Subtlety is my specialty. So in the meantime, please, please send me the story of the artwork that's inspired you most this year. Email me or send me a voice note to info at thesparkparade.com. 
Or you can put it in your five-star review of the show if you want to be extra cute. And then make sure you follow me on all social media at Spark Parade so you can stay on top of all the good stuff coming your way in a few weeks. We're talking early October here, folks, so not long at all. Stay safe and well, and I'll be back before you know it. Until then, bye. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.